Hi there, you're listening to the Spirit Room Podcast with me, psychic medium and mentor, Melissa White. This show is for developing mediums, budding intuitives, and those who just find themselves curious about spirit and the afterlife. I'll share my experiences with you working with spirit as a professional medium for over a decade. I'll also interview people that I find brilliant and fascinating and provide you with some insight into how you can live this life to the fullest, knowing that there is so much more available to us than what meets the human eye. So I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just see what spirit has in store for us today. Hi everyone, it's Melissa White and you are listening to the Spirit Room podcast and today it's just me on my own and I really want to share a little bit about healing. And I think, you know, what's inspired this episode is the fact that sometimes people ask me, well, what do you mean healing or what do you mean loving myself or what do you mean doing the work, you know, like what does that actually mean? And so I thought this is a perfect opportunity for me to share a bit about that and what it means to me from my perspective. So sit back, relax, enjoy. I hope that this is helpful to you. And I know, actually, I know that it will be because anytime Spirit nudges me to record um, or to write something, to post it, to put it out there. There's always a purpose, of course. And then also there's multiple reasons. And so even if in the moment I'm not sure how it's going to affect someone or who it's going to reach or how it's going to reach them, I just trust and know that a lot of my a lot of my purpose in this world and not even just in mediumship, like just me being Melissa, just in this life, is being a messenger. So passing along the insight, the love, the realizations, the epiphanies, the aha moments, any anytime I have those, I know that it's not just for me to keep and say, oh, okay, thank you and, and implement, but it's it's for me to share. And I really feel passionately about sharing it with you. So I know it'll be helpful. So where to begin? Where to start? Healing. I mean, I think there are many different ways and many different methods and modalities. And it's not one size fits all. What works for one person certainly doesn't necessarily work for the next. And so what I will say is although mediumship has the potential to be so healing, it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's not for everyone. I think that not everybody would benefit from mediumship. I think depending on your life experiences, I think depending on your own belief system, depending on how you're doing mentally, emotionally, even spiritually, I think that maybe it's not always for everyone. 
And so that's important to recognize. But when I'm talking about healing, and especially when it comes to grief, I personally have seen firsthand how transformational it can be for people. And I know how healing it's been for me in my life. And I know that my loved ones are with me. You know, no one has to convince me of that. But at the same point, it is so helpful. Sometimes when you're in the midst of chaos, turbulence in your life, things are hitting like it's, it's, shit is hitting the fan. You are experiencing stress and strain and worry and all of that and sadness and pain and anger and whatever else. Knowing that my loved ones in spirit are reaching out and offering support or offering their love in in some way, that is so meaningful and that is so beautiful. And so, you know, for me, that connection with spirit, that is the thing that makes the physical world bearable, in my opinion, like, or more bearable, you know, like knowing that we are so supported by those that that guide us. I think for people who just need to know that their loved ones are not gone, they're not missing, they're not stuck somewhere, they're not far away, but that they continue to live a life in a spiritual, you know, a spiritual vibration instead of the physical one. That that knowledge and that experience of having that communication and feeling the closeness with them, feeling like at the end of the day, they've had a reading, but they've they've had like a visit with their loved one. I think it's pretty priceless. It's pretty profound. So yes, I think mediumship is a part of the healing process when it comes to grief, as well as other things. I also think that healing is also so personal and unique. And so from my experience, the things that have been very healing for me vary depending on the time in my life. I would say art and creativity and music, those things are so overlooked. I almost feel like lots of times as a society, we've viewed those things as kind of frivolous or sort of extra, like added things, but not not necessities. When actually, I think it was during COVID, where I, I heard a quote about that saying that like, isn't it interesting that in times of crisis, we all tend to turn to the arts for comfort and for inspiration and well, also for entertainment, but uh, for a lot of reasons. And to me, words and, and writing and reading and act watching, you know, watching people in movies and shows, musicians, like all of, all of that seeing a beautiful piece of art that someone has created from their soul, all of that is so impactful and so healing for me, in my opinion. Especially, I would say especially the words, like it's kind of like a way to know, even if someone wrote something 100 years ago or 200 years ago, when you read those words and you connect and you resonate with them, it's a way of feeling understood and seen 
and knowing that there is at least one other person out in the world who's experienced that same feeling or that same experience or has had that same thought as you. And that I think is really, really helpful. Music and sound, I mean, that could be its own episode. The astonishing ability that music has to really move us emotionally. It helps us to move our bodies. You know, we listen to music when we exercise and run and the vibration itself, you know, so powerful. And really, we, we can experience so much movement of energy through our bodies when we're experiencing music and sound. And there's power in the voice. There's power in the instruments that people play. And there's just something so special about connecting in that way. So music and sound, definitely. What else have I, have I found healing or what does healing mean to me? I think, you know, when you're healing, it's not like do one thing, then the next, and then the next thing on the list, and then you're all good, you're healed. I think it is sort of an evolving unfoldment. You know, it's like piece by piece, bit by bit, you heal. And so times when I've known that I've, I've done some healing is when I can look back at a situation like say something happens and I find myself, maybe I'm still triggered by it, but I find myself like it, it taking less time to recover. So for instance, if somebody said or did something to me in the past that really triggered me emotionally, I might ruminate over that and spend a lot of time questioning and feeling crappy about it for days or even a week or two weeks. And then you come to a certain point where you recognize, oh, wait a minute, that same type of comment, that same type of thing. Yes, it upset me. Yes, I felt triggered, but it only took me like an hour and then I was able to move through it. I was able to acknowledge it. I was able to make peace with it. And I didn't have to spend all of that time. So it's not necessarily like getting to the point where nothing bothers you and nothing triggers you, but maybe just realizing that you learn to manage a little bit differently and maybe with a little bit less drama involved, you know. For me, one benchmark for healing is as I've gotten older and a little bit I guess a little bit wiser, <laughs> recognize that boundaries that I used to be afraid to make or really hesitate to make and uphold, now being able to make them and not feeling as fearful and not feeling like that anxiety around it. So I think that's been one way that I've been able to tell, oh, wait, there's been, there's been healing that's, that's happened here. Um, I think also when you get to the point where you recognize you can be done with someone or something in your life without villainizing that person or that situation. So being able to part ways with someone or something without having to make them the bad guy. And I think that's also just comes with 
emotional maturity probably, but I've, I've noticed that something that I see in people when they've healed, it's like they can talk about, say like an ex partner, they can talk about them. And even though maybe there were things that hurt them or things that happened, they don't have to see it through that very negative lens and they don't have to make the other person the villain and them the hero. They're kind of able to see it more clearly and more objectively. So that's when you know someone's had some healing. I think also when you can speak about the things that have harmed you and hurt you and it doesn't take you down. Like you're able to speak about them and it doesn't, you don't have to relive the trauma in your body and in your emotions. You can kind of get to the point where you've, you've released that, you've acknowledged it, you've worked, worked through it. And then you're at a place where you can speak on it and it doesn't make you cry or it doesn't make you react in a way that's so intense as maybe it might've before. So it's a, a bit of an indication that maybe some healing has occurred there, right? I think nature is such a healer. And so immersing yourself in nature, and that doesn't mean that you have to go for a six-hour-long hike. It just means maybe you intentionally bring yourself outside, even if you're in an apartment or something and you live somewhere where it's not easy to get yourself into nature. Like if you're listening to this and you live in a busy city and you live in an apartment, just opening your window, sitting on your patio, feeling the air, feeling the breeze, and just intentionally experiencing it in the moment without any distraction. I think that can be very healing. I think one way you know that you've had healing too is when you're okay with some silence, when you don't need to be incessantly scrolling, when you don't need to be incessantly seeking attention or approval or validation from anyone. You could just be with your own company and enjoy it, be happy in stillness and silence for a bit. I think that's a good indication that you've, you've done some healing. Specifically when we're talking about grief, I think grief, of course, has many forms. We can grieve for all kinds of things, not only the loss of our loved ones, but also like them passing to spirit, but also the loss of relationships, divorce. You can grieve for your former self when you go through big changes and transitions in life, if you experience trauma or abuse or anything like that, you might grieve for, you know, the person that you were before the trauma. There's loss of friendship that can be very painful, like breakup of friendships. Disappointment can bring grief. Going through physical illness can bring some grief. There's a lot of reasons, you know, that we grieve. But I think in particular with those that we love and they pass to spirit, there is no one thing, you know? There's not one thing that's like a magic antidote that would solve it or fix it or cure it. But I think there's a collection of little things that we can do along the way that do really help 
and kind of provide a little bit of this healing. So one thing that really stands out to me as important is a little exercise you can do. If you're really missing and longing for someone who's in spirit, I would ask you to write a list, make a list of all of the things that you love and miss about this person. Spend the time, really go deep. And when you've done your list, look it over, review it. And I want you to start to imagine and think of ways that you can be those things in this life. And I challenge you to not automatically go negative because I can already hear psychically, I can hear people, people's thoughts that haven't even listened to this yet that are like, well, I can't be like them because they're so much better or they did this and I'm not good enough. And there's all, all of those things. But I would ask you to resist that, the temptation to go into that spiral and just even if it's a small, tiny thing. So for instance, my great aunt who's in spirit, who I love very much, I miss her. And she was a teacher. She was lovely. One thing I really admire about her and I do miss is her ability to kind of chat and talk to anyone. You know, she was very friendly and she was very happy to converse. She was happy to make connections with people. And so if that's one of the things I'm listing on my list, I could make it a bit of a goal to maybe strike up more conversation with strangers, maybe not be so, I don't know, sometimes I can be a little bit shy. Maybe just, yeah, just in her memory, in her honor, and to bring that kind of light, her light back, you know, sort of into my life in a way, I could be inspired by her ability to do that and just do a little bit more of that myself. And in a way, it brings me close to her, and it also reminds me of her. And I think in lots of ways, when we live our lives in such a way that our loved ones in spirit are proud of us, it it keeps them alive too. And there's something really beautiful about that. And one thing that I hear from spirit all the time when I'm connecting, especially for other people, for for clients and they're talking, spirit often talks about how they just want us to live our lives to the fullest. They want us to embrace this life, to enjoy it and get the most out of it. So it's important to them that we do all of those things and in that way we do kind of they live through us as well and they feel honored by us so I would love if you're listening to this I would love for you to try that and really do please reach out let me know how it goes let me know what you come up with there's so many different ways that you can do this and I think it's cool to get creative and just be inspired by it and see you know see what comes of it I do think it's important to have some support during grief as well and not just the immediate time like after. I think ongoing support is really helpful. So if you have a good therapist, a good counselor, I think that's a real amazing gift that you can give to yourself and that it's worth spending the time and the energy and investing 
if possible. You know, I, I do think it's really helpful. The other thing for me, you know, getting through difficult times and challenges and grief, the people in my spiritual community, having those people who get it, who understand about spirit and understand about how it works, that that is really helpful too. I find there's a lot of support in that. So over time, a lot of my spiritual community I've created for myself and it's a lot of my students and, you know, I've got some really amazing spiritual friends as well. But that is important to have, I think, have a a space and a place where you feel that there's people thinking of you and people that will let you know that they're thinking of you. I think that's very healing and that's very important. I've talked about this so many times, but lighting a candle for your loved one is so simple. And yet, to me, there's something so beautiful about it. I love that. One of my favorite memories of this is when I was in Ireland, I got to go to St. Patrick's Cathedral and I got to light a candle for my uncle who's in spirit. And there was this tree that they had and you could write like a little note on it in honor of your loved one in spirit, loved ones in spirit. And I got to write one for him. And I think what's so beautiful is that it's like a silent type thing but it's like a secret like symbol or like a like a a code almost that you're sending to spirit and i know that they receive it i know that they receive that energy and they're aware of it and they send it back so it's an energetic communication that happens because of your intention and something so beautiful about just the light you know i'm lighting this candle for you so when you want to maybe connect and talk to them, or if you just want it to be silent, like a mind-to-mind kind of communication, when you light a candle for prayer, any of those times, such a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to connect. Simple. I also think it's beautiful to write letters to spirit, and not only is that therapeutic, but you're also having that communication with them. I could go on and on. The the crystals that I've found in my experience that are really amazing just to so, like support you through grief. The Apache Tear, that one is a really powerful one for grief in particular. Moss Agate. The I, I love the Celestite Stone. It really, to me, really connects me with the angelic realm. And it's got a very optimistic, kind of hopeful energy to it that I think sometimes we desperately are looking for. We need that. Rose quartz, of course, is a healer, a heart healer. Another one that would be really helpful during times of grief would be the smoky quartz as well. So those are just a few off the top of my head, but you can meditate with them. You can just hold on to them. You can have them like in your pocket or keep them in your purse. And working with crystals is so intuitive and so based on your intention as well. Another healing practice that I really have found useful in my life is the mantra 
the Ganesh mantra, the obstacle breaker. I've mentioned it before. There's lots of different versions of it out there. But the repeating of those words, yes, an obstacle breaker, but also it helps to kind of clear energy, allowing for fresh new beginnings, fresh energy. It leaves me feeling centered and calm. And I think sometimes when you're in the throes of something very tumultuous, emotional, it's really helpful to have something like that that's very grounding. So that is helpful. Calling in your angels, asking them to help support you and just be with you. I think sometimes we expect that if we do that, there's going to be some immediate something that happens that's dramatic. Sometimes maybe there will be, but oftentimes you call them in And then it's just about this trust that you know that they're going to come and be with you and that they will show you. You'll see evidence of their presence in your life. You'll feel it. You'll experience it. You might start noticing different signs, but they'll show you. Archangel Raphael is the healer. You can can always invite him. Archangel Michael, the protector angel, yes, of course. I think Archangel Azrael would be a good one to ask as well. But again, it's your intuition that will guide you, and it is very much about your intention. I kind of like Archangel Serafina for healing as well, kind of like the angel of families and love comes in in a very pink healing light. I think the key, especially when people ask about, okay, well, how do I love myself? Because that is part of healing. I don't think it's magic and I don't think it's instant. I think it's a process. And from my perspective, loving yourself doesn't mean that you only see yourself one way. It's it's seeing the whole, all of yourself, and having acceptance and patience and love for yourself, affection for yourself, No matter where you are at, no matter what stage you're at in life, in your healing, in your growth, it's being kind to yourself even when you mess up. It's acting as though you are someone that you're responsible for loving and taking care of. The way that it's helped, the way that it's helped me to think about it is the way that I go to bat for my kids, the way that I go out of my way to make sure that they're okay and their needs are met and the way that I do anything for them. That kind of love I need to be able to also have for myself. And it doesn't mean that I can't have it for my kids or I can't have it for anyone else. It just means I have to have that at least for myself too. And so treating yourself that way, like I sometimes would think to myself, well, if I really, really loved myself truly, what would I do in this situation? Would I say no? Would I speak up? Would I give myself the opportunity to be healthy by taking the time to cook something, to nourish my body? Would I stop procrastinating going for blood work that I'm supposed to get? Would I give myself a break in the middle of the day and do something fun? Would I plan something that's just fun and exciting that I can look forward to? Would I care enough about my future self to organize my day so that I can have a lunch break and so that maybe I'm not 
over scheduling and overworking and all of those things. It's just examples, but it's treating yourself with respect and care. And I think loving yourself means doing hard things. Loving yourself means not giving yourself a free pass, like, okay, just, just be like the worst version of yourself and then just love yourself anyway. I mean, it's like love yourself enough to get up early in the morning and go to work out, which is something that is so hard. I just find it, it's, it's a challenge in my life and I'm way better. I've made a huge progress with it, but it's not like it's easy for me. There are lots of days where I'm like, I really, I just, I don't know if I can do this today, you know, but you got to love yourself enough to, to push yourself, love yourself enough to not take your own BS and excuses, love yourself enough to try new things, love yourself enough to push through discomfort, love yourself enough to cancel if you're sick and you've got a raging migraine, even if it means disappointing other people. You gotta, sometimes, sometimes no matter what, somebody's going to be disappointed. So it's either other people or yourself. And I think the more you trust yourself, the more you do things that are kind and loving for yourself, the more you begin to love yourself. And it, and then you can trust yourself more and then you can love yourself more. It's a cycle and it just carries on and on. So I hope that that's helpful. I hope that reaches, you know, the person that it needs to reach and as always, I'm sure there are 10 million other things <laughs> that are different ways and different perspectives on all of this, but this is what you get. You get my, my perspective at this moment in time. It's like a snapshot in time. And just know that if you're listening to this and you're going through it, I've been there and it sucks. It's hard. But I also know that there's always hope. And I just hope that you know that my heart is with yours. And there are angels and guides and loved ones in spirit that are rooting for you. Your ancestors are rooting for you. So I'll leave you with that. Have a wonderful rest of your day wherever you are. Enjoy this life as much as you can. And know that spirit always finds a way. And that you are worthy of all of the love that you give to other people. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.